Hey everyone, you're listening to Hotel Vicarious, a podcast hosted by two best friends who love talking about their favorite TV shows and movies. This week, we're talking about one of our favorite new holiday rom-coms, Love Hard. Thanksgiving is like a little bit more than a week away. I know, exciting. American Thanksgiving, anyway, for any of yes. our Canadian <laughs> listeners. And I'm hosting for the very first time. Wow. And I'm panicking a little bit. This is in your new house. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be our first holiday ever hosted, like in my home that I own, which is yes. wild. It's like my first year with a stove that actually works. Amazing. Which is amazing. But like I've never cooked a turkey before. And okay. turkeys are are tough. They're just big dry balls of meat. I don't know. That doesn't sound very appetizing, but like Well, do you like skin or do you like juicy white meat? I like I like not skin. Okay, so you have to cook it breast side down. So that okay. the meat stays in the liquid. Or you can brine it. Okay. I know. I'm gonna have to figure you can it do out. Do a dry brine? Which is easier than a wet brine because no one wants to put a raw turkey in their cooler. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> I like placed an order too because you have to like order your turkeys. Yeah. And I'm picking mine up at 8 a.m. next week. Okay. But also because the freezer in our kitchen hasn't been working so I can't get it ahead of time. So it's a fresh turkey. Yeah. Fresh. Okay. I was like, if you buy a frozen turkey, you need like a couple of days to thaw it out. <laughs> no, I don't think it's gonna come frozen. Okay, that's. I good. should yeah, confirm fresh. though now that you should... <laughs> fresh is easiest in my opinion. Yeah. If you don't have a lot of fridge space and or freezer space and. Yeah, but you know what? My mom and my stepdad are coming to stay with us the night before, so she's gonna help me probably awesome. do everything because you know how moms Yay. are. Yeah, of course. So that's good. So you guys are having turkey. What other side dishes are you having with your turkey? Mashed potatoes, for sure. Mm-hmm. My favorite. I think we're doing like a bunch of sauteed vegetables. I think there's going to be some sweet potatoes. Oh my gosh, what else? Carrots, green beans, sauteed mushrooms. Those are my favorite. My mom makes mm. the best sauteed oh. mushrooms. And my husband hates them, so I never make them myself. So they'll right. be a nice treat. Awesome. Stuffing? Oh, yeah. Definitely stuffing. <laughs> yes. And then I was going to do some, like, really fun, like, little appetizer things. See, really, in my family, we usually have an Italian course mm-hmm. of, like, pasta or lasagna. Um, with turkey? Oh, my God. I can't even tell you. We start out with, like, a really big salad and a lasagna, and then we take a break, and then we come back. And my, my pop-pop always does turkey and ham among all of the other side dishes. Oh, my God. Uh, but then everyone's so tired from eating lasagna yeah. that, like, no one eats the other food. So I'm going to do it fully American style this year. And it's just going to be mm-hmm. the turkey and all the other food right. that comes with it. Because, like, 
I don't want anyone falling asleep on my couch and then not eating the other food that we spent hours moving. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, so in my group chat with my girlfriends, there was a very intense discussion about stuffing today. Oh, no. Um because most of them are American. And um so we we're talking about everyone's like different stuffing and you know, the like crazy things that like their families like not themselves but like they've had you know like um someone had like pine nuts in their stuffing and yeah but also like who can afford pine nuts and stuff <laughs> in this economy i don't think so right uh, <laughs> and then there was a couple some we're talking about cornbread stuffing and then there was like one that was like stuffing made with biscuits oh i know Wait, that sounds amazing. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm uh, I'm almost wanting to like just make stuffing um, and gravy <laughs> in solidarity next Thursday. Yeah, please have a, <laughs> uh, you know, a little mini American Thanksgiving feast. No, just stuffing though. <laughs> Nothing else because I don't really like turkey. So <laughs> just stuffing and gravy. That's all I want. That would be like... My last meal would be just stuffing and a bowl of stuffing and gravy. See, I like stuffing, but I like super bready stuffing. Whereas, like, my grandfather's claim to fame is his, like, super meaty stuffing. Mm, Yeah. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. But I just want, like, bread. Yeah. Like, my favorite stuffing is the kind that has, like, little crispy pieces. Like, you know, because it's got, like, if you put it in the oven and it's got, it's, like, really crispy. Um, but it's still, like, kind of soft in some spots, but it's, like, really crispy. That's my favorite yeah. kind. What about desserts? Definitely doing pumpkin pie. And we're definitely going to try and do a pecan pie. That's my husband's favorite. Me too. Um, yeah? Yes, I It is really good. Pie. I tried to make it one year for him um, from scratch, and it was disgusting. I don't know what I did. I actually think I put in too much butter. Um, mm, yeah, that could be it. So pecan pie is very much like butter tarts in Canada, which no one seems to have in the U.S. Everyone no, I've never to heard of like, that never had a butter tart. But no. it's basically just like a sugar pie. So it's like a pecan pie without the pecans. But it's only like, it's like the size of a muffin. So it's like pastry and it's got the filling just no pecans Mm. in it you can get them with pecans you can get them with raisins but it's like just like it is so good does sound good just i'm i'm not much of a baker i went through a phase where i was like i'm gonna be a cake making queen and i like got all the tools and i think they were fine like no one's coming to me for No one's coming for cakes. Um, but I did make an apple pie this past year with with Joe from Trader Joe's. So maybe it wasn't entirely from scratch. But, like, it wasn't bad. Oh, my God. I don't have time to make pie crust. I always buy it. Oh, good. And I am the baker of the two of us. Okay, so pie. Do you have any other sort of desserts or is it just pie? We're probably going to get pastries from a bakery in town and then i was i don't know like ice else? cream to go with pie or are you one of those uh, weird cheddar cheese and apple pie people Ew! what the what <laughs> who does that oh it is a thing apple pie with slices of cheddar cheese on top absolutely not no 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 no. i'm a pie purist ice cream great cheese can't get on board and you know i love cheese but I can't, I can't do it. I'm just looking right now. 
according to this random website that I've never heard of before, it says cheese, specifically sharp cheddar, has been served with apple pie in the U.S. as early as the 1800s. In what part of the U.S.? Like Oklahoma? I'm looking. I'm looking. No, no shade to Oklahoma. I just, that doesn't really seem like a New Jersey thing, which is clearly the only part of my universe is New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Sad. Uh, New England? (laughs) What? New England, Pennsylvania, and the Midwest. Today, the tradition seems to hold strongest in New England and the Midwest. I gotta, I gotta text my husband (laughs) from the other room and see if he's ever had cheese on pie. Cassettes. <laughs> Have you ever had sharp cheddar on pie? Apple pie. Apple pie specifically. <laughs> Apparently, it's a Pennsylvania thing. <laughs> That's fascinating and horrifying, and I just. I really mm-hmm. want to try it now. Oh. <laughs> Food taste. Not as test. bad as I want to make stuffing, though. so how many people are you gonna have for your thanksgiving feast honestly there's just six of us (laughs) which is nice yeah it's my parents my brother and his fiance and then my husband and i so it's gonna be a very good entry point into hosting yeah which is good Oh, update from my husband. Yeah, I've heard of it, but no one in my family does that crap. (laughs) Amazing. We'll have to find someone from New England and see if it's still a thing. I can ask my best friend from Boston. I wonder if Chris Evans has a rain cheese on apple pie. I bet you'd eat it then, Daria. (laughs) Let the record show she did not disagree. Okay, should we dive in to Love Hard, which was surprisingly super enjoyable? It was delightful. It was a, I was a little bit like, uh, you know, like apprehensive. I've seen some Netflix Christmas movies that, uh, you know, (laughs) uh, that's all I'm going to say. But it was delightful. It was not an over-the-top, like, it was Christmas, but it didn't feel like shove down your throat Christmas. Well, it wasn't about, like, the meaning of Christmas, which right. was Yeah, nice. it was a it rom-com was a- that happened at Christmas. Perfectly suitable backdrop, which is what it should be. Yeah, so... Yes. Uh, For those of you who have not seen it, Love Hard is a Netflix rom-com that came out this November. Plot is from Netflix. I'll read it. It says, after seemingly connected to her perfect match on a dating app, a Los Angeles writer learns she's been catfished when she flies 3,000 miles to surprise him for Christmas. And like, okay, (laughs) this does get brought up in the film, but like, okay, yes, catfishing is wrong. But also flying 3,000 miles to someone you've never met to not even tell them you're coming is a lot. Listen, this is what happens when you have spent months on dating apps meeting the most deranged human beings. 
you think, oh my god, this guy could be, like, hot and normal, that's it, we're getting married. Right. Done. Done deal. Like, I never want to swipe left or right on anybody ever again. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, let's talk about... The movie opens with Natalie. She is a writer at a vague social media company called Soch Media. (laughs) I've worked at digital media companies and I love seeing them represented in movies because it's always just, I mean, it's, listen, it's kind of an unusual experience working at digital media companies, writing articles and like seeing the way content is created and how like eager you are for those page views. Mm -hmm. But like, I love just, vague media companies in movies you always have the like psychotic editor-in-chief and everyone is sitting around being super hot no one's really working like it's it's my favorite thing yeah but you had a funny like you were comparing it to movies from like the early 2000s yeah this gave me super uh how to lose a guy in 10 days vibes just the humor Mm mm-hmm yeah, the the heroine, like you know, Natalie being this like super babe, yeah, who like can't seem to make it work in the dating department, which like might be the most unrealistic part of this movie because like she's such a catch. But men are also kind of a disease. No offense, but maybe offense. <laughs> so like I do kind of get it. For every like ten hot women in the world, there are like three hundred horrible men. So right, uh, yeah, and attractability does not even factor in at that point so yeah and it's funny you know we see this sort of the the movie sort of starts with this like sort of montage of her dating history and it is just woof the married guy the married guy who has the date in his own living room yeah, and the wife and kids just show up. Like, what, they look like they were shopping. Like, it wasn't even like they... It was so weird. <laughs> the, the guy with the long hair, like, his profile, and his, like, the suit doesn't fit, and his hair is, like, down to his shoulders. And what was the... There was another one that I'm... There was the guy with the boat that just disappeared. Oh, yeah. Yes, the guy, yes, who, like, just ghosted her. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... It kind of showed, like, really, like, the gamut of what's out there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I don't miss my online dating days. You really never knew what you were going to get. I mean, if they were even going to be the height that they said they were, which is like, I'm a short gal, so it really doesn't matter to me. But when you explicitly say that you are six feet tall, and then you come and pick me up and you are my height, that just insults my intelligence. Like, come on. I'm 5'2". If I am eye to eye... If we are eye to eye, you are not six feet tall. No. Don't do that. That's, uh, those inches are missing something. (laughs) Yeah. So, so then Natalie finds Josh. Yes, because her friend Carrie is like, I had to import my man from some other state. Like, you don't even have your radius beyond five miles. Like, you are Mm -hmm. limiting yourself. To the, like, shitty men in West Hollywood broaden your horizons. Yeah. So she, like, makes it, like, the whole of the United States, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so she meets Josh, who is from Lake Placid. Yeah. So completely on the other side of the country. Like, a very kind of safe 
person to sort of connect with because they are so far apart from each other. Right. Yeah. And they, I, I love it because they really seem to connect really well. Like their chemistry, their humor just kind of like really clicks and, and they become like pretty good friends over the course of not, not a huge amount of time. I mean, it doesn't really say what I would say. It's like a few months probably. Yeah. I feel like, feel like based on the clothing it definitely feels like at least two or three months past Mm -hmm. yeah and then I think there is a scene where he reads poetry to her and she falls asleep and they wake up and he's still got the phone on like oh my god that was I'm sorry that just like those kind of moments in rom-coms are just like my kryptonite like I love that shit yeah well you just you get a sense of the sweetness behind their relationship so early and the fact that they feel like they can confide in each other I mean like Natalie talks about you know her mom passing and like growing up and their awkward stages and like they're connecting on such a like lovely level that of course Mm -hmm. you know that everything is just gonna kind of like crash and burn and I think the funniest part about it is they use Jimmy O's voice the entire time. Yes. But they also use uh, Darren Barnett's face for all of the like flash to like placid scenes. So you really. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Kind of know what's happening until she decides to pick up and fucking fly to Lake Placid to surprise this man for Christmas. Right, which is so funny because he had even said oh, I wish I could spend Christmas with you or something. You'd be here to spend Christmas with me, which I think is so funny because in that first sort of confrontation they have, he's just like, that's just something you say. <laughs> that was the best. Like, oh, your baby's cute. Like, <laughs> right? It's just like you don't expect someone who is 3,000 miles away to like drop everything and come see you at Christmas. So, but I just, I... I really loved her whole interaction as soon as when she arrives in Lake Placid, which was filmed. It was the film was filmed in Vancouver, um, of but it Vancouver really like wherever they shot really doubled for a convincing Lake Placid, in my opinion. <laughs> um, you know, it looked like fairly like they made it look pretty East Coast for it being filmed in Vancouver. Yeah, I thought. That was amazing seeing, like, the fact that, A, there's just one kind of person who works in town, E-Rock, shout out, because uh, Fletcher Donovan was hilarious in so that good. role. But yeah, it's it's so funny. I mean, and, and this movie hits a lot of tropes that, like, I love. Um, but her losing her luggage, the, like, small town vibes, the, yeah. like... Him being the airport clerk and also being the Uber driver and the Lyft driver. driver, Yeah. Yeah. So great. It was so, so funny. And I think um, meeting Josh's family first. Yes. Was like a nice way to sort of ease you into the dynamic he clearly has with his family. Mm -hmm. Um, And it helps build your sort of like sympathy for him before you learn that he's a catfishing liar. Right, right, exactly. So you're like, you almost want to be like, oh, but, you know, look at him. 
he's just trying, you know? Like, you almost feel bad, even though, like, fuck, dude, come on. Well, it's like, that's the thing, right? Like, the audience is given the opportunity to learn a little bit more about him before Natalie. So mm-hmm. we get it. We know exactly why he was catfishing, because mm-hmm. he has no self-confidence about who he is mm-hmm. and doesn't think that he would capture anyone's interest on his own. Right. <laughs> Oh my god, the grandma is probably one of my favorite I loved like, characters. Her. She is so funny. Oh my god. She was really, really funny. I thought I thought the casting for the family was great. Oh, I, James Sato, I'm sorry, is the best Asian dad on Netflix. Okay? Yeah. He's I was so gonna great. say how many movies and shows Love has him. he done now? Well he was in <laughs> for Netflix. So, he was in the, um, he played the dad in the movie with Ali Wong and, um. Oh, 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 I love sorry. that movie. Um, and Randall Park, um, Always yes. Be My Maybe. Yes, what a that, good movie. One of my favorite movies, like, of all time, one of my yeah. favorite movies. Um, because, like, it was written by Ali Wong and Randall Park and Ali Wong knows how to write a really good rom-com. She For is sure. the queen. Like, I love her. She's the most, one of my favorite comedians of all time. Like, her stand-up comedian, her, her stand-up comedy shows, I have probably listened to them, like, in the dozens. Like, I will just put it on and just, like, because I will cry laughing. She just, I love her so much. Yeah, Netflix, please invest more money in Ali Wong and less money into Dave Chappelle. Please. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, because, all the money to Ali yeah. Wong, please. Because she's incredible. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, God, I love that movie. Yeah, it's That's so That's another good. one. I mean, Netflix hasn't always gotten it right. <laughs> but this one, Love Hard, Always Be My Maybe, and I really love Set It Up with Zoe Me Dutch too. and uh, yep. Glenn Powell. Another great rom-com offering. Really, really good. Highly recommend. Yes, so, sorry, we got very distracted by all of our love for rom-com. But, so we have the reveal, and Josh comes upstairs, and he is not the man that Natalie thinks she has been talking to, and she really tries to hold it together to not embarrass him in front of his family. Yeah, and this is one of the things about Nina Dobrev that I just love. Her delivery in these moments is so good because she's trying so hard to, like, rein it in. But the moment she gets outside, she loses it. Yeah. And it's like she plays that, like, type A hanging on by a thread character, like, very, very well. Yeah. And, like, here's the thing. Like, I wouldn't have said she was, like, a great comedy actress, but she has excellent comedic timing. Like, yeah. she's impressive. When she picks up the baby Jesus. Oh, my God. Josh is like, not not Jesus. And she just starts <laughs> whacking him with it. Yeah. I swear to God, it's so, so great. Funny. And the fact that she carries it through, like, Placid with her before she ends up at that bar is so funny. Oh, my God, the bar. Yeah. When we talk about good romantic comedies, I think a level of secondhand embarrassment is important. Mm-hmm. But holy shit, was uh-huh. it, like dialed up to a 20. I was like grabbing my own boobs just being like ah! <laughs> like I just I couldn't 
It was so much. Okay, so so Natalie gets to this bar and she's like drowning her sorrows and she's having these like fruity little drinks and she sees the catfish guy at the other end of the bar. So like this person's real and he's right there in town. And so she's like, I'm going to shoot my shot. She talks to her friend in the bathroom. She's like, this man's hot, whatever. I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. And when she gets up on stage and we get the reveal of her fucking swollen ass face. It is terrifying. I lost my shit. I was so unprepared. Her face was more terrifying than the entire series of Midnight Mass. (laughs) Okay? Like, it was haunting. Legit, imagine swollen face coming through the church doors instead of a vampire. Like, no, it would be scarier. I'm telling you, if the vampire from Midnight Mass started singing that song in that bar wearing a miniskirt, I would be less horrified than the (laughs) prosthetic makeup on Nina Dobrev of her allergic reaction to kiwi fruit juice. Like, you know... It was a little bit like Chekhov's gun, right? Like, she says in the very beginning she's allergic to kiwi. You know it's going to come back, but, like, very much was not expecting that. No. And then... And she just doesn't know, and she just keeps going. I know. Ugh. And then when she finally sees herself in the mirror and goes running outside screaming... She's like, and, loses it, yeah. And Josh is running after her trying to make sure she's okay, and she just face plants into the well, like, snow. At first, she's just, like, shoving snow in her own face, and I was like, what are you doing? And then she just passes out, which <laughs> The most so insane great. reaction I've ever seen. Honestly. I'm not really sure that's how you react when you need your EpiPen, but, like, we'll go with it. <laughs> Suspension yeah. of disbelief. <laughs> yeah. I always think about that in movies. I'm like, your EpiPen gives you, like, five minutes to get to a doctor. Right? But he does get her to a vet, which is another great joke. Right. Exactly. Especially when the vet comes in and is like, there's biscuits under the tree for you. <laughs> right? So great. Oh, my God. I'm just mm. laughing thinking about this movie. Like, it really was so funny it was it was so good like the horny grandma is one of the most hilarious parts of this movie this grandma is like into it she just wants to get on dating sites and she is i love her she's just i can't get enough that grandma she's so funny it's so good so after josh saves her yes they come up with a plan he's gonna help her get tagged Yes. The real guy from the catfishing photos. His which, once to, once upon a time best friend. Yes. Guys, tag. 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 I couldn't, I don't know. Could you date a guy named Tag? Could you? No. No. I don't think I could Mm-mm. do it either. But okay, so he's going to help her get Tag as long as she can pretend to be his girlfriend through Christmas. Right. Yeah, a little classic fake dating mixed with a Cyrano trope. Yes. Gets him every time. It's true. It's just, it's such a... Here's the thing. I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent, Daria. Oh, please. I was looking up reviews and, like, ratings for this movie because I wanted to see sort of, like, how it's doing, right? So IMDb gives it, like, a 6.2, which for IMDb is not a bad rating. 
It's is is IMDb user voted? I think it is in some in some way. So then yeah. I went on um, Rotten Tomatoes and it had a fifty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes for the critic score. Mm-hmm. The audience score is ninety motherfucking five. Of okay? course, it's ninety five percent. And this just this is why I'm getting mad. This just solidifies what I said back when we did Practical Magic. Rotten Tomatoes critics hate joy. They hate joy. Because every single review that I was reading on there is like, it's not them shitting on the movie at all. It's them shitting on the idea that like people could just enjoy seeing two people fall in love. Like that's literally all people are complaining about. Oh, it's overdone. Oh, it's tropey. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. It's like, that is the point. I I don't really understand because you can pull tropes out of anything because that's what they are. They're just they're just character designs and relationship dynamics. Like, you, do you not think that like a Scorsese movie has tropes? Do you not think I that t- Licorice Pizza by PTA that's coming out in a few weeks doesn't have tropes? Right. All stories are based off of tropes. It's just the way you interpret them and position them and showcase them and like but also like in the landscape in which we currently live where like five million people have died in the last 20 months yeah could you just give us the fucking break that maybe we just want to see two people who be happy (laughs) for 90 fucking minutes I know. I think people forget that film is allowed to be escapist. Like, not everything (laughs) has to be a dark drama where you have, like, Princess Diana running through a field. You know, like, you can also have things that are lighter in tone that kind of get to the heart of, of just pure silliness and falling in love. Like, and that, just to like, me, has its place. I, I I think so, too. Especially, and I really do believe we are seeing a rom-com renaissance partially because as much as the critics want to complain about rom-coms, the people who are making rom-coms mm-hmm. know that's what people want to watch. Mm-hmm. That's what people want. So, like, just get over it, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> just find some joy, Okay. Time to call Marie Kondo Mm -hmm. and get rid of those things that are no longer serving you. Yeah, I fully agree. But like 95% audience score. And like if you go on Twitter, there are very few people talking about how much they hate this movie. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves it. Which is like, I'm sorry, if you've been on Twitter, they love to talk about things that they hate. Well, and, like, admittedly, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, oh, God, we're going to make the, you know, hero of the movie start off as, like, a, a lying catfish. Like, yeah. it felt very, like, 1995 in its, like, level of awareness. But sure. it has but a it lot of heart. Us. Exactly. It has a so, lot of heart. It does. And it's just, I really, after they decide to... They're going to do this thing. He's going to get her tag. She's going to pretend to be his girlfriend. The next scene is her, them being introduced to his brother, Owen. Harry Shum Jr. is a comedic king. 
He stole this fucking movie. He was so funny. Like he so much. just continually loses his shit for like an hour and a half. And it is so great. So we meet Owen and Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Owen is an overachiever. He is loves to be the center of attention, needs to be the center of attention. Classic Pisces, <laughs> according <laughs> according to uh, Josh. Um, Loved which that moment. I thought that was pretty hilarious. And uh, so, yeah, he is a lot. He's a lot. He's a lot to deal with. You immediately kind of think he's a pain in the ass. Yeah. He's perfectly matched with his wife, played oh by God. the adorable Michaela Hoover. Yeah, crop tops, even though it's, it's like placid in December. Winter. And she, <laughs> yeah. she, her belly must be cold. Right. But yeah, you immediately kind of understand why Josh might feel the way he does because he's constantly being outshined by his older brother. Right. And I think what's great that this movie does is like the moment Josh and Natalie become this sort of like team. Yes. You get to see again why they connected so easily in the beginning of the movie. They have so much empathy for each other. They seem to understand each other without really having to have too much of a conversation about stuff. Yeah, and I think that just goes to show, like, how much they've gotten to know each other when they were chatting, you know, just online. So is the next scene the singing scene? The next scene is that um, Josh takes Natalie to the outdoor store. Right, yes. To get her some things to wear and to meet Tag. Right, yes. And that's when we find out that Tag is a big outdoors adventure guy and he loves Thoreau and these are things that are completely opposite to what Natalie loves. Right. She she has to sort of pretend to be this like cool outdoorsy hiking, climbing, uh... On Walden Pond lover. Right. Um, And she, uh, her, um, Josh gets her to uh, test out the climbing wall, which is absolute hilarity. Oh my God. It's like five feet off the ground and she cannot stop screaming. She's like screaming. Like it is hilarious. Um, And she's just like never climbed anything. She's like hasn't camped she hasn't hiked she has done she lives in LA it's all concrete you know like it's bad it's not her thing it's not my thing either so I fully relate we meet Tag and there's not much there he's fine he's like a perfectly nice guy but he doesn't make sense so far outside of being hot like yeah Someone that she would enjoy being around for long periods of time. Yeah, he's just kind of, like, real boring. Yeah, and I think one of the things that the movie does fairly well is showcase Natalie's, like, hypocrisy in in terms of dating. And it kind of, like, yeah, you know. Like, would she be putting this much of an effort into Tag if he wasn't, like, a very attractive man? Which right, he is. Exactly. Darren Barnett is a beautiful person, so <laughs> Definitely. I do kind of get it. <laughs> Right, 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 right. So then they agree to go climbing at this rock climbing gym uh, the following day. Um, and she has no idea what she is in for. Yeah. And it's an interesting juxtaposition of like during the day, her and Josh work on 
the tag thing. But then at night, um, and I think this is where we get the um, the caroling scene. Yeah. She is on as Josh's girlfriend. Right. What a scene. Yeah, let's talk about it. How much did you love it, Jenny? Like, I loved it so much. I mean, first of all, I love that Harry Shum Jr. is just, like, the grand, I don't know, what do you call that? Like, he's, like, the ringleader. He's, like, the leading the parade, you know? Like, yeah. He is living his best life um, in his top hat, <laughs> singing Christmas carols. Like, the glee jumped out. Oh, yeah, for sure. All of his years on Glee prepared him for this one scene. Yeah, and I loved it. I loved it. It was so good. It was hilarious. Definitely, like, the best part for me was when Natalie and Josh start doing their, like, sort of ad-libbed Baby It's Cold Outside, which is (laughs) so great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love the original. Well, and I think the original's gotten a really bad rap. I was just, of course we're the same person, Daria. <laughs> of course we believe it's about women having agency in the 50s. Yeah. Um, you know, like, yeah, she's pretending mm-hmm. because she wants to stay. And I, there's so much discourse about this effing song. I know, that, like, it's amazing. It's so hard to not even get into it, but like, she's obviously, she's playing it up on purpose. She's like, yes. you know, she's. I, I just, it blows my mind that people are so literal sometimes that they just cannot see, like, even in the 50s or 60s, whenever this song aired, the first time debuted, like, they just can't get it into their head, even in 2021, what the song is actually about. Yeah, I mean, it's really, again, it's like the woman is playing coy because that's what's expected of her. But she right. really wants to stay. And it's like a funny joke exactly. on this concept of like spending the night and being together and like, my God, people read between the lines. Right. A little I critical know. thinking goes a long way. And there's so many like nuances in like things that she says. Like when she says like, well, maybe just a cigarette more like in that time. After you had sex, you had cigarettes. Okay, guys? Like, that's just the thing. She's saying, let's do it one more time. It was written in 1944. Oh, my God. Okay. And debuted in 1949 in the film Neptune's Daughter. And it won what? an Academy Award in 1950 for that movie. Um, So, yeah, we're talking, like, late 40s, early 50s. Kind wow. of in that period, too, of Hollywood where I think the Hayes Code was in effect. So you couldn't be very explicit in in certain things. Right. So it was all in the nuance. Yeah, the Hayes Code was self-imposed from 1934 to 1968. So talk about sexuality and drugs and, like, all of these things that, like, if you watch movies um, in the, like, early 1920s, like, -hmm. things were pretty, not explicit, but, like, people were open and, and, you know... it's very different when you watch movies during the Hays Code period. So for sure, the song being the way it was was like a really cheeky way of getting around it. Exactly. It was like, so yeah. I so all that aside, <laughs> all that tangent. aside, all that aside. I super love this ad lib version. It's so think funny for the times that we are in and the way in which the song 
has come to be interpreted in the 21st century, it worked great. It was really funny. Natalie as a character is, is very like aware of the discourse beyond behind things. Like when she makes fun of Thoreau and, when she talks about the movie, when she mm-hmm. later on talks about sitting in Santa's lap and how it's creepy. Like, she's constantly, like, calling out the undertones of things. Yeah. So it was very much in character with her, um, with her character and also with Josh's because he finds funny ways to compromise with the things that, like, she loves and doesn't love. And I thought that that was... Yeah. Ugh, what a good moment. And what they a both funny, have- adorable moment. They both have great singing voices yeah, also. Was I was so very cute. surprised. Like, really quite good. Like, um, and then, of course, probably my second favorite part of that entire scene is the... So, I watch all of my TV shows with subtitles. I think a lot of people do. Same. There is one screenshot, and um, they're just about to sing, and the caption says, in square brackets, Owen throwing a tantrum. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> chef's kiss to netflix because yes yes that's one of the best things is like they're josh and natalie are singing and they're clearly vibing with each other but every so often you get a glimpse of chelsea having to hold owen back because he's he's like losing losing his mind mind. losing (laughs) his mind like absolute wild like just going bonkers so great just so great which then leads us in to the most hysterical moment of the movie is because Owen is so upset about being shown up, him and Chelsea announce that Chelsea's having a baby. Right. Amazing news. Grandma is going to be a great grandma, yada, yada, yada. And a little bit earlier, Natalie says, like, when your brother steals the spotlight, take it back. Mm-hmm. Just take it back from him. And so Josh interprets this <laughs> in, um, you know, probably not the best way. Very literal. Very literal. By proposing to Natalie in front of the old folks' home, in front of their family, and gets the ring from Grandma. Oh, my God. With the great line of, I don't need to be buried with it. Again, she's my favorite character. She's incredible. The way she ships them is great. Um, but it's this really, really, really funny moment because like, what is she going to do? She, she going to say no? She wants to say no, obviously. Of course. Yeah. Because like, they're already so deep in their lie. Yeah. <sighs> and so now Natalie is dating Tag, but is engaged to Josh, who Tag thinks is her step cousin. Yes. <laughs> so things are just getting messier and messier and messier. And then we get the official rock climbing scene. Oh, wow. I have to say, like, proud of Natalie mm-hmm. for really going for it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Josh puts her AirPods in and just puts on her favorite song because he knows it because he knows her. And this he is one knows of those her. little moments where mm-hmm. we start to see how good they actually are for each other despite the sort of nefarious beginning of their relationship we really start to see those little moments of him he knows her he knows exactly what she needs to get to the top of that stupid mountain (laughs) Uh, you know and so yeah she gets up there and then she just 
completely loses it. And, like, let's talk about how fast Josh climbs that wall. He's like a little spider monkey shooting up the side of it. Like, it takes him no energy at all Mm -mm. to make sure that Natalie's okay up there. I know. And she's just, like, curled in the fetal position being like, this is where I live. This is where I die. <laughs> this I am, is it. This is my new address. I am not leaving. And I understand I that. here. I get it. <laughs> but again. has not been there. He knows exactly how to talk her through it. Yeah. Before shoving her off the wall. Oh my God. I could not believe. I. That is something that my husband would do. Yeah. Because same. he knows exactly. That's the only way I would ever get down. Mm-hmm. That's it. But yeah. like. I could, he could never, like, actually tell me that ahead of time. Like, he would literally just have to push me. <laughs> oh, my He's going to listen to this and be like, what? No, that's not true. But it is true. It's true. It's true. All men would, I feel like, to their wives. <laughs> but, like, that's what I would need. I would, I would, I would die up on that. I would never, I wouldn't. No. I'd be up there forever. <laughs> uh, but... The way she lands really impresses Tag. Right. And he's like, let's hang out tomorrow morning and, like, wear comfortable clothing. So, obviously, there's some other outdoor fucking activity that this man has up his sleeve. Right. And it turns out to be bobsledding. Like, okay. is that, Is this a thing that people can do? I don't I, think it... I, d- I was very I surprised. Know. The only time I ever think about bobsledding is in the context of the uh, A Cool Runnings movie. But otherwise, I've never thought of it as an activity that you could do. Like, the Olympics. (laughs) That is, that is it. it. But of course, people have to, like, learn how to become good at it to join the Olympics. So, like, obviously people do it in their spare time. But, like, that's not a date activity. No. But I also love that she is freaking out. And Josh is trying to help her, and then she finds the gigantic joint that E-Rock had given her when he dropped her off on the very first night um, for Josh. Uh, and I love that she just gets absolutely baked. Yeah. It's the only way I'd be able to get through it. I don't even know if I could then. <laughs> I think it might make it worse. Yeah. Like, that just seems like a terrifying date. So after bobsledding, she comes back and she's on this literal high. Right. (laughs) Of, like, how well it went. Mm -hmm. And she finds the candle making kit. No. No, he's making candles. He's making candles. Yeah, he's making new scents. Yeah. sniffs them all. And they have Mm -hmm. this, like, lovely moment yeah, and then she sniffs the candle that he's trying to steal from her, and she's trying to figure out what it is, and it's the candle that smells like his grandfather who has passed away, and it's just like, oh, pulling at those heartstrings. I gotta tell you, I kind of love that this movie made the guy have the sort of, like, quote-unquote silly job business dream idea. Yeah. Like, he's not an advertising executive. He's mm-hmm. not, like, a lawyer. He's just a dude who, like, works in his family store who, like, really wants to be a candle maker. Right. And he's... But the thing is, like... I love he's, it. 
And he's like, he knows there's a niche market for candles for men. Like, he's done his research. Like, he's ready to just, like, go out there and do it, you know. But he obviously, you know, it's not being a sporty sort of guy, which is, like, what his brother is like. And his dad is also like that, right? You know, and his grandfather started the store. So it's, it's, you know, there's, there's not, he doesn't really see a avenue. Yeah. For this to ever be something real for him. Yeah. But what's nice is Natalie takes it seriously almost immediately. And she sees yeah. the value in it. And yeah, like she never. doesn't shame him for it. No, she never even like laughs or anything. She just thinks it's like, yeah, no, that's actually really sweet. Like the, this candle for your grandfather and like, oh, this, these, this one smells like cut grass. And like she just, she's all in right away. Yeah, and I think what I really like about their dynamic is that she feels very protective over him pretty immediately. Like, you know, throughout the movie, we see the interactions that he has with his family and specifically his brother, and she's, like, very quick to defend him or divert the attention back, you know, away from more negative things. And, like, she really has his back. Yeah. Um, And it's a really kind of sweet thing to see throughout the movie. But it drives Owen nuts. I was going to say, that just reminded me of one one thing that happened that we didn't talk about is when they were first meeting and they were decorating the tree. And Owen is always the person who puts the star on the tree. Of course he is. He's like, bullshit. You should trade off, guys. Um, And she doesn't want him to have it because she knows she's trying to sort of not teach him a lesson, but she's trying to give him a hard time on Josh's behalf. And then Josh kind of, like, lets that egg him on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, oh, I thought Natalie could do it because, you know, she's her first Christmas here. And Owen is just like, like, you can see his eye, like, twitching, you know? know. And then, of course, she, like, puts it on crooked on purpose. Like, it was just such a, like, perfect little moment. I loved it. Uh, yeah, he, Harry sells that role so well. It's so good. Oh, so the movie sort of gets to, like, kind of a crazy point pretty quickly. Like, I think the, the pacing of the movie is really good. Um, she has that date with Tag at the um, steakhouse, and that causes this sort of confrontation between Natalie and Josh about her mm-hmm. kind of compromising on her ideals and... Right. He, you know, he's like, you really did like me. Like, I was being honest with you about who I was outside of my face. Right. You know, so, yeah. like, you're going out to dinner with this guy, but you did really like me. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a super uncomfortable moment, but it's, like, really poignant and great because he's right. She really did like him for who he was, but she's also right in the fact that it was all based off of a lie. So how do you start to, like... Yeah, how can you, yeah, exactly, and how can you sort of, like, you have to sort of come to some sort of agreement or agreeing to disagree to, like, start fresh with, like, everything open and honest on the table, right? And that's, I think, hard to, you know, sort of, especially when you have biases. Um, Yeah, so I I think, you know, I think it is hard for people to sort of, when you've, you've had that sort of first impression experience it's hard to come back from that and so you know and I think there's a little bit of pride too with Natalie whereas she she really didn't think she was gonna be catfished she really like her 
her boss basically was like, oh, this is a really bad idea. You should go because I want you to write about it on my stupid vague media site. You know, like, so there was, she was trying to prove some Mm -hmm. people in her life wrong. And then he goes and does the exact thing that she didn't think he was going to do. So she's, in some ways, she's trying to salvage whatever sort of pride she has left. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And, um, you know, it is also one of those things where then you see her have this dinner with Tag and Josh is right. There's a lot about herself that she's compromising to, like, make this guy like her. And she's mm-hmm. doing a good job because he does. But mm-hmm. when they are driving back from the date, you start to see how different they are. And it's just not... It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's not compelling enough to make it really that hard of a decision. Like, we're constantly rooting for Josh, I think, in this movie. Oh, I think so, too. Even if he's the one that kind of, like, screwed up to begin with, I think the audience is definitely rooting for him. And I think even at the end of that date, when they kiss in the truck, there's no chemistry. Nothing. And it's very revealing on Natalie's face that she knows there's no chemistry. Yep. And it's a shame. And the worst part about it is that as that thing is happening, Owen discovers Natalie and Tag having dinner together. And he's right. like, I knew this bitch was shady. Like, we're mm-hmm. going to figure this out. Right. So the stakes are heightened even higher because now you know Owen knows something is going on. He's not quite sure what it is. Mm-hmm. But he knows that she he can't trust her now. Right. Yeah. And that is also, not only does he not trust Natalie like he thinks she's shady until a certain point we think it's kind of like he's like oh of course my brother couldn't get this beautiful woman to be his girlfriend right you know Mm -hmm. now a little bit later we find out it's not quite that but that's what I like when I was that's kind of the vibe I got from Owen He was like, yeah, I'm going to catch her in this lie, but I'm also going to be able to, like, kind of hold it over Josh. That's kind of the vibe that I got. you don't really get this sense that he cares about his brother when this is happening. You think it's because he has this, like, crazy problem with not having the attention and he wants to get back at her, basically. Right, exactly. So I think she gets back... Yeah, so they, she gets back from the date, and I think that's when they discover that his mom has put an announcement in the paper for the next morning, and they sort of have a moment where they apologize to each other about the argument that they got into. Yeah, mm-hmm, they do. And then they start running through, like, Placid, stealing this poor paper boy's deliveries, And hiding them in the trunk of his car. This is such a silly, ridiculous, could not possibly happen in real life moment. But I love it in romance novels. In romance novels, I love it in romantic comedy movies. Like, it's just so good. It's like, it's so, it's just pure, joyful silliness. Like, it's just, it's hilarious. I just love it. It's so fun because it, again, it showcases their chemistry with each other. And 
and how yeah. similar their thinking is. And Absolutely. To me, it gives us one of the most, like, sexually tension-filled moments when they're yeah. hiding from the paper boy and they're crouched down in the back seat and they're, like, laughing with each other. And mm-hmm. she's telling him that, like all of the really crazy photos he put on his profile don't showcase all of the good parts of him. And, like, right. brief shout-out to this poor boy thinking that posing with weapons was going to make anyone swipe right. Um, but she goes through all of the things that she likes about him, his eyes, his smile. It's so You great. know, having confidence. Like, my one complaint about this movie is there's not enough making out. And I think that would have been a prime moment for them to have a kiss. But, like, yeah, that's neither there needed there. to be a lot more kissing. But it was still great. But more <laughs> kissing would have been better. <laughs> Give us more kissing, please. So after they steal all of the newspapers, they get roped into helping the horny grandmother at the nursing home. Okay, just one thing before we go to that is the actual newspaper ad itself is an entire tabloid sized page. Yeah, it it's a full is page spread. So big. It is. I've never seen a wedding advertisement that large ever. It yeah, is so usually great. they're just like a little three hundred and fifty right. word like nothing. Right. Exactly. It's a two by three inch picture, you know, like, no, this is like a full 11 by 17. Like it is, it's just hilarious. It's so great. It is pretty incredible. And the photo's terrible. I mean, it's it's not terrible. It's just like Natalie looks scared out of her mind. She's not even smiling. No. Oh my gosh. So great. Okay. So yes, they go to the nursing home. Yes, and this is where we get a little bit of an understanding onto as to why Josh did what he did, but not yes. before we get some really great moments from the old folks about how they can like lie on their profiles to become more right. attractive to right. potential mates. Right, exactly, which is hilarious. And I just loved it. Uh, some of the things, <laughs> something, I, one of the ones is so bad. It was like, he's like, how can I reword that I have Parkinson's? And she's like, something about always on the go. I was always on like, the move. Nick, always on the move. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, so terrible. Or like, how can I hide that I'm in a wheelchair? You're always rolling with the homies. <laughs> like. I know these truly silly these seniors were a big handful (laughs) and like clearly knew exactly what they were doing and did not need any advice whatsoever no none at all but then we get Josh's very heartfelt little speech about not only why it's wrong to catfish someone Mm -hmm. but also kind of the underlying issue as to why some people might yeah and yeah and I thought that was a really smart way to position it in the movie I thought so too and I think they did a really good job of of not not it wasn't polarizing 
gave us insight into, you know, why he might have done what he did. Right. And, you know, and his lack of self-confidence. And and he had this really brilliant line is that love doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be honest. Yes. Yes. And I think obviously that that speech was definitely more for Natalie than it was for the audience. Oh, of because I think we were kind of getting there anyway. Mm-hmm. But it does finally clarify for Natalie, you know, Josh's perspective. And she gives him a little bit more of a pass than she has previously in the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Grandma takes off on them. Uh, and they go running after her. And they run right into their engagement party. The engagement their party from hell. Surprise engagement party held at probably the only restaurant in town, the one owned by Tag's parents. Yes. Which, you know, was 100% planned by Owen. Oh, that's a good point. I never thought of that, actually. Yeah, I'm almost... My, my theory is that he planted the idea after Josh said that she was there tasting wedding food. Mm-hmm. And when he went to drive by and saw them there, he and thought saw oh, them, this is yeah. a perfect... Right. Opportunity. Because who throws right. an engagement party in like two days? Right. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I don't know. It seems like a pretty small town, but. <laughs> I don't know. How small is Lake Placid? It's not that small. Uh, but we get like some really good comedy in this scene because Tag is there. He's <laughs> never met Josh's fiance, so he's looking for her. And Natalie's pretending to still be his cousin and oh Tag wants to introduce her to his parents. And then her boss, Lee, shows up. And then Owen confronts her. And then, you know, people are congratulating her. And it's like this giant comedy of errors. Yeah. That results in the big confession. Yeah. And I'm glad that it was Natalie, I think. Me too. Me too. I, I, I think am it needed glad. to. It, we needed to see that sort of self-awareness from her. Yeah, more so than yeah, I think so. From Josh, and I think in some ways it, there was a kindness to Josh for her to do it because yeah. it was in as much as it was her pretending to be something she was not. It was much, much more embarrassing for Josh. Yeah, you know, like it was. It was, it outed a lot of things about him to a lot of people. Yeah, but I do think it was one of those things where it finally helped his family see what they haven't really been seeing from him. Mm Mm-hmm. And understand him and his his thought process a little bit more. And just when we were talking about, right before that, when Owen confronts Natalie, Mm -hmm. that's when we see that He actually isn't out to, like, prove Josh wrong. He actually is concerned about his brother. Yeah. And I thought that was it. I found it kind of, like, strange at first. And so I'm not sure, like, I feel like maybe that could have been weaved in a little bit better. Um, Because I found it kind of almost, not off-putting, but I found it a little bit like, oh, what? Right. That's why? Suddenly you care and you you have a concern. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Um, which I kind of liked. I liked that's where how it mm-hmm. ended. But like, I was a little bit surprised that that was his end game. That it wasn't yeah. to like prove Josh wrong and be like, oh, you know, like it was actually because he he cared about his brother. So, um, I thought that was like the only thing that kind of made me go, hmm. But other than that, I I thought it was great. Um, and then yeah, we get this oh, doozy of a confession. And I love that Tag immediately calls her out for catfishing him. Right. Yes. I thought that, that was a really was, good move. Yeah, that was great. I'm glad that we sort of have that awareness in the movie. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the writers were, uh, you know, that was, it was there, right? It was like they made it that way on purpose. Like they, it wasn't just, you know, hinted at. Like, it yeah. was, like, fully out there. It was, it was like, well, you It was, like, called this. explicitly out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then oh, I love that scene when Josh comes back and Natalie is gone. A whole bunch of his candles are on the table. The one mm-hmm. that smells like his grandfather is lit. And there's a note, you know, with the ring. And it's just, like... It's just so good. And then his family kind of comes in and like one by one just is like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, and they really don't seem to be mad at him at all. They really no. do see kind of how desperate he was um, in order for to make this happen. And and I thought that was it was nice. And the whole interaction between him and his dad, that was really. I don't know, it was just really moving considering previous in a previous scene the dad and natalie had had an interaction where he talked about you know his father the grandfather um and i thought that really it was a nice to tie it all together yeah and i love in movies like this where like obviously the main conflict are the characters falling in love with each other but it's nice to have more motivations outside of that it makes the characters more fully realized Mm-hmm. It gives them, like, a lot of layers. And so having Josh be able to overcome some shit with his family was a really nice way to, like, make him a more fully realized human yeah. being in the movie. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then we get such a wonderful last scene. And I think what's funny, too, is the setup comes from Natalie's boss. We haven't talked a lot about yeah. him, but... Um, he is kind of the, like, wacky rom-com boss. You know, he's super stereotypical. But he has, like, a very nice moment in the end where he's like, man, this is a lot even for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think you need to, like, think about your choices here and why you made them. Like, why did you stay? Yeah. Why did you stay? You know? And, and he drives home the fact that, like, typically she flees at the first sign of imperfection but in this case with Josh, she stayed. And so isn't yeah. that sort of what love really is, is when you find out the little flaws and imperfections in people, you still want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love that that's where the setup comes from. Yeah. And then you get the end, which was just it's So perfect. And, you know, we haven't really mentioned it before, but one of the very first um, conversations that Natalie and Josh have Long before she travels to Lake Placid to see him, they are talking about Christmas movies. And Josh says that the best Christmas movie is Love Actually. And you all know how Daria and I feel about that. Yep. Um, 
you can listen to our Ted Lasso uh, episode four uh, to hear about how much we hated Love Actually. Um, and <laughs> Natalie's Natalie's favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard. Again, yes. We totally agree with Natalie. Die Hard is definitely a Christmas movie. So we've got these two sort of polarizing ideas and they don't agree with each other, you know. And so at the end, when we see Natalie make this sort of apology and asking for Josh's forgiveness and realizing that he is perfect for her and she does it in the style of Love Actually with the cards and it's just so great. And then he responds with, like, she's like, will you ever forgive me? And he responds with, yippee motherfucker. <laughs> it was such a good tie back. It was so cute. It was. And I, you know, like, I think the concept of that scene in Love Actually is cute. I don't like the context because it's sure. his best friend's wife, right? So, yeah. like, when I see those, like, scenes happen as an homage... They work so much better for me. These are oh, less sure. fucking creepy, right? Like, yeah, they're exactly. inherently less problematic. So, like, right, that moment with the um, cards made me like a little, you know, in touch I with know. my feelings there because I know. it was such a nice moment to see Natalie being honest with herself for being yeah. brave enough to be honest with Josh about how she feels for like using a motif from his favorite move Christmas movie to do it. Mm-hmm. And he gives her the same grace back by, you know, using the Die Hard reference. And then we get, like, mm-hmm. such a cute little kiss. I know. Which was, like, pretty so good. good. I mean, like, they have chemistry. So it was, like. For sure. It works. Especially with his entire family in the background cheering them on. Right. Like, Chelsea in one of her midriffs. Uh- <laughs> which, can I talk about? Please. How much I love the running gag of her always having her hand on her belly after they announce the pregnancy. This woman has a six pack like I've never seen before. And she's wearing crop tops in the middle of fucking December. Yeah. She's like, let me put the headphones on the belly so that Mozart can play for my baby. Like, it's so silly (laughs) and so funny. And I just love it so much. Like, Owen even calls her out on it being like, what does he say something about like the baby doesn't even have ears yet or something like that like just a true the Owen sentiment is just but... a mass of cells right now honey yeah it doesn't even have uh, a face shape right exactly yeah it was so just I just loved that yeah and then we have like such a cute little after credits scene it's Christmas morning they're kissing in the kitchen everyone's opening gifts and then they like walk into the living room and the grandmother stands up and she's holding her iPad and she's like what's a dick pic? <laughs> Grandma. And of course Josh is like do you want to take this one? Because like <laughs> clearly as Natalie has more experience with dick pics. Than right right. oh my god i mean okay i full-on give it like i don't know like an eight and a half or a nine out of ten like it was really surprisingly good and funny and like exactly the kind of like modern holiday rom-com that i like was looking for netflix needs to invest more money in movies like this yes and like how amazing was it that there was not a single, like, white dude yeah. in the movie. Yeah, All there of was. the love interests are Asian. Yeah. And, like, 
and they're all very hot, like, charming men. Like, fully appreciated the casting choices in this movie. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. It Highly totally recommend. put me in the spirit. Yeah, it definitely got me in the Christmas mood. Yeah. And, like, I, it's kind of early for me to be in the Christmas mood, and, like, it definitely got me in the Christmas mood. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> Speaking of, Jenny, what are your favorite Christmas movies? Um, okay. So, all-time favorite. We watch it every single year. Um, since I was a very young child, is A Muppet Family Christmas, in which Kermit, Fozzie, and the gang head to Fozzie's mom's farm, uh, to spend Christmas in a snowstorm. I have a deep love of the Muppets, (laughs) and have for my entire life, Um, and it is just one of, it's like one of the best Christmas movies. I'm sorry, if you have not seen it, it's everywhere. Like, you can find... I'm pretty sure it's on Disney Plus now. Yeah, it's gotta be, um, I think. You, it's definitely on YouTube. Like, <laughs> find it. It is so great. There's... The gang from Sesame Street is there. The gang from Fraggle Rock is there. Like, guys, this is like a Jim Henson company. Like, everyone is invited to Christmas. It's so great. And it was one of the last films that Jim Henson is ever actually featured in because he died not long after the filming of the movie. Oh, my God. That's right. Yeah. So that is one of my favorites. The original Miracle on 34th Street. Yes. Legend. uh, Love that. Love that. Love that. Trying to think of, like, newer Christmas movies. Family Man with Nicolas Cage. (laughs) I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be the only Nicolas Cage movie I like, so I'll accept that one. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, What about you? I'll try to see if I can think of some more. When I think about Christmas, I really immediately go to those old claymation films. Yes. So Rudolph is a really big Mm -hmm. favorite of mine. Like, I... Mm Mm-hmm pleaded with my mom to collect all the little island and misfit toy like beanie babies when i was a kid oh my god and i love the year without a santa claus because of the miser brothers the i'm mr heat miser song gets stuck in my head even in the middle of fucking summer it is so catchy and good yes but then when i think about more modern films it's definitely home alone one and two oh yeah and i sometimes think the sequel is better than the original it is Home Alone 2, best movie. Like, so good. And then A National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. The vacation movies are, like, very central to my upbringing. Yeah. We still make jokes about Big Ben as a family. Like, all of the National Lampoon vacation movies were just always playing when I was a kid. Um, Mm -hmm. And the Christmas movie is just so fucking funny. So, yeah, I really think those are probably my favorites. But I'm... Also, like, a big Family Stone fan, and... Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, I love a Muppet's Christmas Carol. Oh, so good. Michael Caine, come on. He just, you know, I mean, he really blows it out of the water. He, he acts the shit out of that movie. Yeah, for sure. How can you not? There's So, you know the movie, um, The Christmas Story? Yes. It's, you know, with the Red Rider BB gun mm-hmm. and, like... Also a classic. The leg lamp. Mm-hmm. Um, that 
movie. Like, I've seen it. Well, I mean, we've watched it every year since I was, like, a child. Like, it's yeah. been around forever. Um, but, like, it's so funny because that the dad in that movie is very much reminiscent of my grandfather in many ways. Oh, and really? so, yeah, it is. It's very funny. And they kind of, like, it kind of came out sort of around, like, it was, I think it's based sort of when my dad was a kid. Mm, so yeah, it's, it's kind of like we, their house looks a lot like how my grandparents' house looked at that time period. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's quite funny. I think I'm just looking. Oh, so it came out in 1983, but it definitely wasn't. No, I think it was supposed to be set in the 60s, 60s. I think. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So yeah, so yeah. that, again, the, so that, A Christmas Story was a big one in our house. <sighs> The one that I've seen recently, um, due to having a small human in my house, was Arthur Christmas. That oh, was yeah. a super cute Christmas movie. And there was one other one. I'm not going to remember what it is, but it has like a super buff Santa. <laughs> it's like a kid's Christmas movie, but like the Santa is like... Ripped. Yeah, the Santa is ripped. Um, but he has like a white beard and stuff. But he, but I don't know what movie that I can't remember what movie it was. But it's a movie that was on Netflix. Um, like a Christmas movie on Netflix. But uh, no, if you have small children, Arthur Christmas was really good. We liked that. And the Grinch Who Stole Christmas that came out, the cartoon that came out in twenty eighteen. Excellent. Oh, okay. Excellent. 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 I like the original um, animated uh, Grinch movie. Oh, me too. Like, I love the original. Original, a little scary for my human, my small human. But the new, the Grinch from 2018, adds a lot more context and nuance as to why he is Grinchy. Right. That's and... one of Benedict Cumberbatch, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. It is really, really good. Like, so that's definitely one we'll be watching again this year, for sure. And I do feel remiss not to mention Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. Classics. That was a big, big one for us growing up. I thought that was such a good concept and it was so funny. And as a kid of like divorced parents, mm-hmm. all of that was like just very much a, yeah, it worked. So that's a big one too that I love. Yeah. Oh, the movie with the ripped Santa is called Claws. It's from 2019. Oh. Yeah, it's a cartoon, yeah, but he's, like, I'm pretty sure he's, like, pretty ripped. I mean, I read a really funny romance novel with a ripped Santa Claus once. <laughs> they exist. They exist. They sure do. Actually, I think I'm the one that told you to read it last year. I think I? you were. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But you know what? That's a good segue because I feel like you were just telling me about a cute holiday book. That you yes. just can't stop thinking about. That is true. I definitely cannot stop thinking about it. Um, and this is the second week in a row that I am going to talk about how much I love the writer Tessa Bailey. She... As you um, said, she's great. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, so she has come out with a super cute holiday romance novel called Window Shopping. Um, and it is about a general manager of a department store and the woman who ends up doing the windows for Mm. the the window displays for the store and he is a 
he's like a cinnamon roll. He's like Ted Lasso meets, I don't know, he's very well dressed. He wears a bow tie and a, and a suit like every day. He's matching. He like loves Christmas. He smells like peppermint all the time. Like, yes, you know, he's always eating peppermint candy. Like he's very much, you know, yeah. And he speaks kind of like Ted Lasso in those weird sort of like, you know, idioms that are just mm, like, mm-hmm. you know, and at first I was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'll keep reading. It's not mm. kind of like the kind of hero that I usually like to read about, but the heroine is actually very interesting. She's an ex-convict. Um, that's how the, sh- the book starts is her um, leaving prison. And it's a very, I, I like it because it's not something I've ever read um like that kind of using you know that kind of character and and it just adds a whole another layer of of just sort of dimension to the characters like you said you know when you're talking about the movie you know having not just the the plot be about the two characters falling in love but but the two characters separately and the things that add to make them more right. fully that formed gives them characters. more dimension. Exactly. So yeah, so that was really interesting and it is, it'll totally keep you in the Christmas mood. It is very steamy. <laughs> so <laughs> get your hot chocolate. Hell yeah. Get your sugar cookies. Love that. And sit down for this book because I highly recommend it. Super fun. Super great read. Um, not a lot of conflict. Mm. Um, just really fun. Love that. Yeah. Um, and what about you? What are you, what, what can you not stop thinking about right now? Oh, I've been watching, um, Arcane on Netflix, which is like an animated series based off of the video game League of Legends. I have never played the game in my life, but my husband and my brother and my cousins and lots of my video game nerd men in my life have played this game or, or some version of it. And right. so when it debuted, my husband was like, can we watch it? Like, I think it looks yeah. pretty good. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool story. The animation style is absolutely gorgeous. Is it like anime? Like, or it, what, what it would has you like this, compare like, it to? interesting blend of CGI and 2D animation. Ooh, okay. The character design almost feels a little like... I don't know it's sort of interesting because you can kind of it feels like they had real actors to sort of model off these characters sure. and it, you kind of feel like they are they're animated so beautifully they feel like real mm. people yeah, um, yeah. But they have this sort of like quirky steampunk style to the design and the character design is just gorgeous because it's set in a world where there are different there's like humanoids and then there's like kind of creaturey things and like I don't know any of the lore but right you have a lot of really cool designed characters and it's been interesting because they've been releasing episodes in batches of three and so we've only gotten through the first six episodes as of right now but the story is really compelling mm-hmm. and the soundtrack is dope oh awesome and Love it's a like good soundtrack clearly written for adults mm-hmm. the content is pr- pretty adult uh, and it's, it's just how oh, I highly recommend it. I think you'd find it really interesting. Awesome. And it's just visually stunning. Like I, I like don't want to shit all over Pixar and DreamWorks, but like a lot of those movies kind of look samey 
mm-hmm. all have the same face. They all have the same design. Right. So it's really nice to see something that just looks completely different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm definitely going to add it to the list. Yeah, I think you'll really, really like it. It has super badass sisters as, like, the main focus, and it's just fun. It's really fun. Awesome. Woohoo! I dig it. So, okay, listener, um, just a reminder that you will not get to hear our melodious dulcet tones next week because we will be on a break. Taking a little holiday vacation next week. Taking a vacation uh, for the first time since we started this shindig so we are desperately in need of one (laughs) um but then we will be back uh the following week on december 2nd uh with our recap of the holiday yes which we haven't been talking about it a lot in terms of our favorite christmas movies because we are covering it in two weeks but trust that it is a big holiday romantic comedy favorite among jenny and i Yes, it is at the top. So, so we we have lots of thoughts about it, um, which you will get to hear all about next week. Yep. <laughs> if you want to hear more about us or listen to old episodes, you can find us at www.hotelvicarious.com or email us at hotelvicarious at gmail.com. You can also find us on our socials Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hotel Vicarious. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for checking into Hotel Vicarious, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. 